Well, good evening, Grace Church, everyone joining us by live stream and Facebook Live. We are so glad you are here, and I would say we are glad to see you. The only problem is, is I can't see you, but we are glad you've joined us, and we're glad you're part of this evening with Grace Church. We're in for a treat tonight. We're going to have a great time in the Word of God. Pastor will be coming to the pulpit shortly to share the Word of God with us tonight. And I hope you're having a blessed week. I hope things are going well for you and you're um, at your shelter at home. As that continues, I hope that you're making the best of it. And I know and pray God's blessings are on you. We pray for each of you and and pray that God's blessings are upon you. So welcome tonight. And uh, we do want to start this evening with prayer. Uh, And I tell you what, as we're getting ready to pray, why don't you go ahead and prepare to give. We have three ways that you can give Of course, online on our website, Uh, you can text to give, and then also you'll see the P.O. box that you can mail your gift and your offering to the church P.O. box as well. So as you're doing that, let's open the service tonight with prayer. I want to, while we're praying, to be sure, let's thank God for what he's done, for how far he's brought us, and then just pray that he continues to keep his hand on us tonight and into the future. Jesus, we are so thankful for yet another opportunity to come together. Even though it's live stream, even though it's virtual, we're glad to be together. And we're glad to feel your presence. We're glad that where two or more are gathered in your name, you're in the midst. And so, Lord, we're here to give you praise. We're here to give you thanksgiving. I thank you for what you've done for us, Lord. You've brought us safe this far. And I know your hand is upon us and you're never going to leave us. You're never going to forsake us. And Lord, the future is bright because it's in your hands and that you're going to keep us. Lord, I pray you'd anoint what we do here tonight. Lord, anoint your word, anoint pastor. And I pray everyone would be blessed and leave inspired in Jesus name. Right where you are, say in Jesus name. Amen. Turn to somebody that you're sitting close to and tell them you're glad to see them in the house of God. Amen. Let me share a couple of announcements with you this evening uh, so that you remember these. Mark your calendar. Uh, the, The election that was scheduled for Saturday, April the 4th, this Saturday, has been rescheduled to Saturday, June the 20th. And one reason that announcement is so important is that our campus is a voting precinct. So we want you to make note of that especially if this is where you come to vote. That has been postponed to June the 20th. And then, of course, our live stream service this coming Sunday at 11 o'clock. We want you to be a part of that. Let me just tell you, the the folks that joined you, Grace Church, via live stream and Facebook Live last Sunday was incredible. We had a record number of people joining the service online, and we're excited about that. We're excited that God has broadened the reach of our ministry of our church campus and what we're able to do. So tune in again this coming Sunday for another fantastic service, another worship experience. And then I'm very excited to announce tonight and to remind you that the um, media team has gotten together, gotten uh, on board here, and they are putting out podcasts uh, almost on a daily basis on our church podcast uh, of some of our Sunday school teachers teaching their regular scheduled Sunday school class in abbreviated form, in podcast form, 
for your edification and for your inspiration. So what that means is, is that if you go to the podcast app or however you listen to podcasts and find the Grace Church podcast, you're going to be getting fresh content, uh, if not every day, several times a week, multiple times a week from the teachers here at Grace Church, the different Sunday school classes, youth, uh, college, adults, young adults, uh, the next class. All of these are, are being posted. And if you're not, if you're not in to the podcast app or you're not listening to podcasts that way, they are available on the website as well. You just go up to the media tab and then click on podcast and you can listen to it on the website as well. So we want you to be aware of this content. Um, We're excited about it. It's a way to to keep in touch. It's a way to stay inspired and to to, to keep in touch with what the the material that we're teaching here uh, or would normally be teaching here at Grace Church. So very excited about that. And then you'll probably be seeing from some of our other areas, our other serve teams as well, we're, we're looking at possibly doing some podcasts related to the children and also the quiz ministry. So uh, we're excited about that, and we want you to be blessed by that and be a part of it. Amen. Amen. If you got it, say amen. Before Pastor comes, just quickly, I'd like to share with you what's on my heart today and, and been course, like you've been seeking God and praying and following the news and the world events. And there's a, there's a sense that's beginning to settle in in my spirit that um, there, there's a couple of things I could say. I'm trying to be brief here. It's not my turn to preach, but I, I guess the best way to say it is this. At, at the very least, this, this worldwide crisis that we're experiencing, and I want to emphasize this is worldwide, as you well know, I believe it's an opportunity for God. I believe God wants to use this as an opportunity to grow the church. And and I mean that numerically, but I also mean that in terms of our vision. And I also mean that in terms of our focus. And I believe that that what we're seeing here, I, 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 I don't know that I've ever seen or heard of a situation where the health of the population and the health of the economy have, so, have been so intertwined that they are rising and falling together in some ways. And I should at least say that they're both being so affected uh, and, and it's hitting so close to home in both of those areas. God can use this, even though we're feeling the pinch, even though we're feeling the, the disruption, God can use this to stretch our vision to stretch our focus. And I don't want us to miss that. I, I don't want us to be so so anxious to get back to normal or so focused on when will this all be over that we miss an opportunity for God to work. Now, notice I didn't say that God caused this. Notice I didn't say that God brought this on, but I do believe God can redeem it for his purpose. And one of those purposes, I believe, is to stretch our focus and our vision. Let me give you a quick example from Scripture, and I'll be done. Uh, In the Gospels, we read that there was a a demoniac, a maniac in the town of the Gadarenes, of Gadara. And he was such a problem, he was such a nuisance that the people had to lock him up in a cemetery. Jesus came, making a very long story short, delivered that man of his demonic possession. And you would think that would be a time of celebration and a time of praise. The town would have been grateful. Instead, they asked Jesus to leave. Now, why did they ask Jesus to leave? The reason they asked him to leave is when he cast those demons out of the demoniac, he cast them into a herd of swine, and the swine committed suicide by jumping off the cliff. 
In other words, Jesus messed with their economy. He messed with their livelihood, their way of life. And what could have been, had they allowed Jesus to work, had they allowed Jesus to really move and do what he ultimately wanted to do, could have been probably a miracle of, of infinite proportions beyond what he did. He could have done so much in that town. They missed it. They missed what Jesus wanted to do, and they asked him to leave. Let's don't be guilty of asking Jesus just to hurry and fix this problem so that we can move on when there is so much more that Jesus wants to do and that he can redeem this for his purpose. So, so I want you to pray about that this week. I want you to stay focused. I want you to let God expand your vision for what the kingdom of God can be in this end time. God bless you tonight. I want you to just right where you're at to put your Bible down and clap your hands and praise the Lord that who holds all things in his hands as pastor comes to the pulpit. Thank you, brother Dave. As I was listening to him speak, uh, he and I have not had conversation of any length or of any magnitude in the past actually number of days and um, but I can assure you that we are on the same identical wavelength I was amazed to hear what he just had to say so before I get into a few other things that I'll be mentioning tonight I want to piggyback on that and uh, tell you as I taught last Wednesday night I believe we're in line with more of the apostolic model of having church right now than we've ever been and I do not believe that God wastes opportunities. Uh, I'll talk to you about that in a moment. But uh, he, he just got up and, and said a whole lot of things that, that I wanted to say, especially about this coming Sunday. I believe God has spoke to my heart. And if you want to know about all the world conditions and things going on in our country, our state, and our city, there's websites and news outlets everywhere. I've not come to you tonight to talk to you about that. We all know it. I want us to take advantage of this moment. I want us to see the vision and the opportunity in it. And uh, I believe God has spoke to me about Sunday. The Lord willing, uh, be preaching a message this coming Sunday morning. And uh, I'd like for you to do your best to fill your living room up with people that need the Lord. Um especially backsliders, uh, people that need a good praying through, this is what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to, to get on a wavelength with pastor's vision right now for this coming Sunday and be prepared to have your living room be more of a sanctuary than it's ever been. We've had a couple of rehearsals. We've had a couple of Sundays of this. You now know what to expect. We're going to have a great time of singing and worship. And I'm going to ask you to treat your living room like you would being here at Grace Church. And when we're done preaching, Lord willing, we're going to have an altar service. And uh, I'll never forget when we were starting our church in Youngstown, Ohio, a number of years ago. We, we began holding services in our living room. And I want to say this in all due respect. But I remember several Sundays, our, our, our living room furniture was literally ruined by particularly the lady folks kneeling down at our sofa in our living room, seeking after the Lord and praying makeup. It ran down their face, their face down their cheeks and dripped onto our, our sofa, our furniture, and literally stained it. It, it, it stained it. 
but we were willing to make that sacrifice in order to turn our living room into a sanctuary. And we've had wonderful moves of God in our living room. I'm going to ask you to do the same. Do not be hesitant to pray, to worship, to seek the face of God. I'm going to ask you between now and Sunday to do some praying and maybe invite somebody over to your house that's not been to church in a while. And maybe they're a little nervous and maybe they're a little afraid. We're going to talk to them this coming Sunday. Uh, and I'll do respect again. We've tried to be encouraging. We've tried to be inspiring. But here we are. Now it's time we turn another corner and take advantage of this moment and pray someone through the Holy Ghost in our living rooms. I believe God can do it. There's no question that God can do that or not. It's what I taught Wednesday night a week ago and what I'll finish teaching tonight is the true purpose of the church. This is the apostolic model. So I'm going to ask you to be in prayer. Uh, if you're having marital issues, if you're having family issues, whatever it is that's going on, I want you to treat your living room just like you would this altar area up here this coming Sunday. Get you a box of Kleenex. If our music turns off for altar service before you're done praying, you have something on standby on your smartphone or your smart device that you can just turn it right back on and keep your atmosphere and environment of prayer uh, going at your house. And when amazing things happen in your living room, would you let us know about it? We want to hear about it. It would be encouraging to everybody if you would do that. So we would appreciate it very much. And then I have a really cool announcement to make. Uh, this has just come about in just the past little while. But uh, Sister Murphy thought about this, uh, I believe, just actually this morning. Uh, and we've just, prior to church starting, we, we, we got all the I's dotted and T's crossed. But listen very carefully. Saturday, April the 11th, this is Saturday before Easter, the Saturday before Easter, we're going to have an Easter egg drive through right here at Grace Church under our portico. You all know where it's at. And uh, we want you to come starting from 10 to 11. We're going to have a, uh, a little gift of Easter eggs and candy and what have you for all of our Grace Church kids. We're going to ask you to roll all your windows down and to please stay in your car. But just drive through and say hello and just keep going. Now, it's not time to chat for an hour because there's going to be people behind you. But uh, we're going to shake you, not shake hands, but we're going to play like we're going to do a fist bump or we're going to do something. Uh, but we want to see everybody and uh, give you an opportunity to wave and say hello to some people maybe from inside your car. But that's going to be on Saturday, April the 11th. That's a Saturday before Easter Sunday from 10 to 11 right here at Grace Church. Again, when you pull in the parking lot, just roll your windows down, but please stay in your car. One more part to this announcement, and then we'll get into our Bible study. We're also going to hand you our communion um, our communion, uh, the fruit of the vine and the wafer. We're going to hand that to you, however many you need. And then Sunday morning, Easter Sunday, we'll be preaching. And at the conclusion of our message on Easter Sunday morning, we're all going to partake in communion together. So uh, remember that for Easter weekend. It's going to be exciting. Remember the announcement that Brother Dave just mentioned, and we'll be sending you something uh, via email, uh, what have you. Uh, so please check your email regularly check your text regularly to make sure you're not missing things going on here at Grace Church. Thank the Lord. Excited about this. We're going to take advantage of this.
and God's going to do some great things. And we're, we're planning some other things, and we'll keep you posted as we go along here. Let me read to you tonight again our text that we read last Wednesday night. I didn't finish that Bible study, and I plan to finish it tonight. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Thank you for being with us on, on live stream, and we pray that the service is a blessing to you tonight. Jesus said, I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I talked to you last Wednesday night about the true purpose of the church, and uh, I'll continue that theme tonight. I talked to you, first of all, about the church is not a material building. The word church is used some 140 times in the New Testament, and not one time does it refer to a material building. I also mentioned to you last Wednesday night that the church is not a denomination. Uh, scripturally, there were no denominations in the book of Acts and all throughout the New Testament. The church is not the plan B in the mind of God. It's, it's not that God failed at one thing and the church became plan B. That didn't happen that way either. The church has been in the mind of God from the very beginning. And then I talked to you last Wednesday night about the church is the centerpiece of his kingdom. And, uh, and then we mentioned that the church is the only thing that God ever had to buy. We concluded last Wednesday night with the, the idea that the church is the only thing that can't be shaken. And I can promise you the, the church isn't being shaken right now as far as all this goes. God, if the rapture took place right now, God is still going to rapture church out of here just because we hadn't been able to meet in our buildings around the world for the past several weeks doesn't mean God doesn't still have a church. I want to begin tonight, and this will uh, work into what I just talked to you about this coming Sunday, about the purpose of the church. The first thing we discover in the Bible when it comes to the function of the church, the, the, first, the first principle we can learn, if you will, is that as far as the church goes, is the church is to do and teach. The church is to do and teach. I want you to notice with me in Acts chapter 1, verse 1, the former treatise, Have I made, the Bible said, O Theophilus, Luke writing this passage, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Jesus' ministry was all about doing and teaching. The one refers to his miracle working power. The other refers to his doctrine. Jesus did not work miracles just for miracles' sake, but he used them to teach doctrine. He healed the blind man and taught, I am the light of the world. He fed the 5,000 and taught, I am the bread of life. He also did not teach just for teaching's sake, but he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Doing without teaching is not biblical. Doing without teaching is not biblical. It is wrong to have spirit without truth because that leads to apostasy. It is obedience to doctrine that saves us, not just a move of the spirit. 
It is not your feeling, but your obedience that makes you a Christian. Paul wrote to Timothy and said, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. But I want you to also notice, as much as doing without teaching is not biblical, teaching without doing is not biblical either. It is wrong to have truth without spirit because that leads to apathy. God holds us responsible for what we do with what we know. Talking about revival doesn't bring revival. As a matter of fact, you spell revival W-O-R-K. You may want to bear that in mind. James said in his epistle, to be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. So I'm asking you, Grace Church, especially in preparation, not only for this coming Sunday, but in for the days and weeks ahead of us, that we must do and teach if we want to fulfill the true purpose of the church. Jesus said in John chapter 4, verse 23, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So the first thing we must consider is that we must do and teach. So this coming Sunday, I want you to be prepared to do and teach. Between now and this coming Sunday, do and teach. Do what you know to do and see what happens in your living room this coming Sunday morning. Wouldn't it be amazing to go to bed Sunday night just just reminiscing over just what happened in your living room just a few hours ago? that somebody prayed through the Holy Ghost. Maybe your child prayed through the Holy Ghost. Maybe you're working out a way to get them up to the church to have them baptized in Jesus' name. Expand your thinking, as Brother Dave talked about. Don't miss this opportunity. I'm not really too anxious to press fast forward right now. The second principle that I want to introduce to you tonight that is so apostolic is you witness and then wait. And I'm going to ask you to do that between this coming, between right now and this coming Sunday. In Acts chapter 1, verse 7 and 8, Jesus speaking to them said, It is not for you to know the times or the season which the Father has put into his own power, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. God has two words for time. He has two words for time. One is chronos, which means time that's governed by the the clock. Uh, It's quantity time. And then there's kairos, which means time measured by special moments. This is what we would call quality time. So you have quantity time and then quality time. The key is that you have to take advantage of kairos time at the moment It happens or you'll lose it forever. And I believe this is what Brother Dave was just trying to say. We have a moment here. We have a moment here to take advantage of that we can truly go from house to house and see an apostolic outpouring in our homes. Amen. Jesus said in Luke chapter 19, verse 44, speaking of the destruction of, 
of Jerusalem that was coming in some 30 plus years in 70 AD. He said, and shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee. And they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another because you knew not the time of your visitation. It's imperative that we plug into what God is doing. I want to encourage you along with a host of others. Turn off the television, turn off the news, turn off the radio and pick up your Bible and begin to pray and call out to God and say, God, what can you do through me right now? We, we all know where we all are right now. And thank God there's still plenty of groceries. Most people are still working. But it's interesting that God is not allowing us to come to church. I believe God has taken advantage of this and can do something exponential off the charts if we'll listen to him, if we'll understand the time of God's visitation right now. I hope everybody is listening to this right now. In Acts 24, 25, Paul is, 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 is trying to reason with, with Felix. The Bible said, and as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, told Paul, go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, or when I have a convenient time, I will call for thee. This is telling us, folks, that God don't waste moments God don't waste opportunities. Yeah, the clock turns. It goes round and round 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we get that. But this is a special time. This is a quality time that God can have through his church to impact our lives and our community like we've not seen before. Paul wrote to the church in Ephesians, or wrote to the Ephesians and said, See then that thou walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. To the Galatian church he wrote, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we'll reap if we faint not. God could use this time that we're in right now to answer prayers that you've prayed for years. There's loved ones that could come back to God right now if you'd open the door. You've prayed about it, you've prayed about it, you've snotted, you've cried, and you poured your heart out to God in all due respect. This could be a moment that God's going to take advantage of to reach that person that you've been reaching out to for so long. Clap your hands to the Lord. Thank the Lord. You'll notice in the book of Acts and even throughout Jesus' ministry, when the disciples asked when Jesus was going to restore the kingdom, that is his earthly kingdom, he told them, that it was not for them to distinguish between the times, the clock, and the season, which is these special times, because only God controls times of supernatural visitation. God, the Bible teaches in Genesis chapter 1 that God set time that all the worlds would remove, would move in orbit, the moons and stars and sun and all that. It would move like it's supposed to in the Milky Way and on and on and on that goes. He set it in a perpetual motion. But within that context of clock time, he's had his moments of special visitation around this planet since time began. And I believe he's doing it again. This is a worldwide event, folks. This is not God playing around. What could God do in the entire world? 
Now, you say, I can't do that. Do you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost? If you're shaking your head, yes, you do, then you can. Here's why. Only God has power. God's power equals authority. God's power equals authority over the results of our prayer, our worship, and our work. God has the authority over what we pray, over how we worship, and how we work for him. But he has given us power not to be the authority that he has, but to have the ability to be witnesses. He has the authority, but he's given us the ability. I think that's pretty cool right there. He has the authority. We have the ability. The key to revival and harvest is for the church to exercise its ability. We are exercising our ability that God has empowered us with until God exercises his authority. So we must be willing to witness and then wait for that visitation from God. And then the third thing that I'll share with you tonight is we must rise above and go beyond. This isn't time for traditional thinking. I'm amazed when I'm, I'm still baffled by what Brother Dave had to say tonight in, in, in his comments because it is so in keeping with what I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to portray to you here tonight. Now is not the time to think traditional and the church is a building and the church is carpet and we walk in the lobby and we get greeted and our kids are che- checked into Sunday school and they're, they're given goldfish, crackers and, and uh, they come back down here and then we go through our Sunday morning service. Now is the time not to, th- not to think that way. It's time to think outside the box. What could God do? What could he do? You say, well, I don't have pastor at my house every Sunday and I don't have the ministry team and if, if somebody needs to be prayed for, you know, no one's there. What prohibits you from doing it? What would stop you from laying hands on, on your child on your children and praying them through the Holy Ghost or pray that God would heal them with that fever they're running or that, that, that attitude that they're having. What, 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 what scripture do you have that says that you can't do that? Jesus was speaking to the multitudes in Mark 16 when he said to lay hands on the sick. So it's time for us to rise above and go beyond. In Acts one twenty five, I want you to notice this and, and, and I've got my landing gear out. May take a little while to land, but it's out. In Acts one twenty five, I want you to notice this. The Bible said that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship, from which Judas, by transgression, fell, that he might go to his own place. The writer was very kind concerning Judas Iscariot. Sometimes we mistakenly think that the early church was somehow more spiritual than we are today, but the book of Acts tells us plainly that they had their share of problems and setbacks just like we're having one right now. I can't imagine what would happen, what would reverberate through Grace Church if one of our most esteemed ministers committed suicide. That's what happened to the early church. The, the, the Holy Ghost was about to fall and they were being postured for this great, great outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And it's interesting to me that God pour out, poured out the Holy Ghost during this time. 
They were just trying to get their head wrapped around the idea that Jesus resurrected from the dead. And now they have this, have to get their, uh, their head around this idea that Judas Iscariot killed himself. He was a part of them. They loved him. We don't like him too much for what he did. But he was a part of their ministry and the Bible is very clear on that. So outside of the crucifixion of Jesus, probably no other situation was harder for the disciples to deal with than the fall of Judas. He had been ordained to be an apostle. He had been ordained to preach the gospel, had been given power over devils and disease just like the rest of them had. Yet he backslid and betrayed the Lord into the hands of the Sanhedrin. What a setback for the ministry, for this big explosion of the Holy Ghost. But we do not see the disciples giving up or getting discouraged. Instead, they resolutely rose above their heartache and moved beyond what a terrible trial that was to embrace their future in God. Folks, please listen to pastor tonight. We cannot get our minds so bogged down with this coronavirus business that we forget about the purpose of the kingdom. Our, our president said today that this isn't the only thing going on in our country, neither is it the only thing going on in our world. And uh, some believe he was alluding to a threat. Maybe there's another nation that's wanting to lash out against America. And that's, I'm not saying it's going to happen or, or what have you, but that was the insinuation. But he made it very clear that we've not just shut down our government just so we can talk about the coronavirus and try to, to, to handle up on this situation. But we're still being vigilant with what's going on in our world. It is the purpose of the church to do the same thing we cannot look so inward and so to ourselves personally and become all of a sudden selfish with what we know and the, the miracles that's happened in our life and the testimonies that we can share. We must rise above this and go beyond our current thinking and our current attitude and our current vision. Let's think bigger than this and see what God will do. I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> this may sound paradoxical to some of you, but I've never felt so in the will of God right now than it's been a long time. With God, failure is never fatal. Not with God. God never wastes a hurt. He doesn't. When, when things happen to people, when things happen to the people of God, God always uses it and turns it around for something amazing, something miraculous, something powerful. Let me tell you something about the book of Acts church. Let me tell you what, they, what we have that they didn't have. They didn't have live stream. When they went from house to house, they didn't have the apostle Peter and the rest of the apostles going with them. They took it in their own hands and they realized they were the church, they were the church empowered with ability and they went out and they made things happen. They didn't have the pastor preaching across the screen in their living room for the Holy Ghost to fall. Come on, folks. Somebody step out on faith and let's rise above and behind what's going on in our world right now and determine that we're going to see God do some amazing things in spite of what's going on. Let your faith go. Let your faith go. Let it go and see what God will do. God's not going to waste this. We might, but God won't. 
I love the verse. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. In Micah 7, 8, when it says, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. For when I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. We've got to see that. We've got to see this opportunity. I know there's people at Grace Church. You know people that have compromised. You know people that have quit going to church. We all know them by the, by the hundreds. There, there are thousands in this area. Now is a great time to invite them either to listen to live stream or if you can do it with 10 or less and if comfortable doing it, have them come to your house. If you're confident that they don't have the virus and whatnot, you, you use your own judgment when it comes to that. But somebody is going to have to step out of the boat, step out on this stormy water and say, let's see what's going to happen in Jesus' name. So let's rise above our traditions, our problems, our perplexities and go beyond to a place that we've never been before as a church. Let it happen. It's our true purpose. What I've preached to you here tonight is biblical. Yes, it is. Having church like we have it, that's not a biblical precedent. God honors it. He has for many, many years. And I'm not suggesting that we quit it. But I believe he's showing us that we have more ability than we think we have. Open the doors of your home to the power of God Sunday and see what God will do. Pray, seek God, and what have you. I want to conclude with this. And uh, cameraman, I'll be right back. But I want to show you this, how God is moving in our in Grace Church. There was someone texted me and Sister Murphy today. They went and got this picture, I'm assuming, out of the Alexander Center. This person texted and said, I am so burdened for our world. Just can't stop praying for our world. This person had a dream a number of months ago and has resurrected that dream, has resurrected that burden. As a matter of fact, they're coming up to the church during the day and this picture was left up here at the front it took me a minute to figure out what it was doing over here, and I figured it out. Uh, this person is praying for the world. You say, well, Pastor, you think one prayer of, or the prayers of just one person can impact the world? What do you think? This person is stepping out in faith. They didn't give me permission to say that's this tonight's so why I'm not calling their name. I don't want it this on live stream anyway, uh, as far as their name goes. But I know this person. They're one of our intercessors. It's wearisome. It's laborious to intercede. But I can promise you, when this person told Sister Murphy and I today via text that the power of God fell in this building today with her praying for the world, I believed every word of it because I know her and I know her well. I believe God is going to take advantage of this moment we're in right now. And we're going to see things happen, not at church, but in your living room that you have never dreamed possible. So turn off all the negative stuff. Create a positive environment in your house. Pray good Saturday night. Get up a little early Sunday morning. Pray before service starts. And let's see an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. What do you say? You don't have to wait to Sunday either. And it don't have to end with Sunday. It can happen anytime. Let God take advantage of this opportunity. 
Let's pray together. Father, we love you tonight. I'm thankful for this moment that we can spend this time with people unseen. But we know they're out there. They're listening. They're watching. They may see this tomorrow. They may see it the next day. But I pray the spirit of it, the word of it, and the truth of it will resonate in the hearts of everybody that watches it. You're not done yet. You promised that you would pour out your spirit in the last days, and who knows? This could be an opportunity that you could open the windows of heaven, that we would see an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. It would be mind-boggling. I pray in Jesus' name that you would move and work in Grace Church, that the Holy Ghost would have his way, that the Spirit of God would have his way. Keep our church in your hands. Keep all of our churches, all of the church people in your hand. It's your church. And I pray that you'll keep our pastors encouraged, our saints encouraged, and God help us to rise to the occasion to take advantage of this moment to see what you'll do in our lives. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me say one more thing before we dismiss. We're already thinking about our first service back at Grace Church. I expect it to be wall-to-wall people. We're going to have worship. We're going to have singing. I don't know when it's going to happen. But I'm praying God to God for a message. And uh, I believe we're going to see some amazing things happen when we're all back together. So think about this, pray about it, and ask God to direct our thoughts and thinking. God bless you. We'll see you Sunday morning via live stream in Jesus' name.